Welcome to Hope Anchors, everybody. I'm Johnny. And I'm Sean. And together, the two of us want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who we are to all that Jesus is. You know, Johnny, in Hebrews 6.19, it reads, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Yep. So we just came off of a series uh, focusing on a book by Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God. And, and we uh, really concluded this series with the whole idea that if uh, you're not planning for how you are experiencing God, then you are limiting your experience of God. And part of that plan has to be being in God's word. For you to experience God, you need to be in God's word, what God has, how God has been involved, how he has uh, spoken to people down through the centuries, including and especially through his son, Jesus Christ, and that God is still speaking to us through his Holy Spirit. But then as as we listen to his spirit, we do so by by reading his word. And and so I'm excited because we're starting a new series. And it's kind of funny because, you know, when I did some planning on our series for this year, I didn't think we would be spending so much time with the Apostle John. Uh, but if you remember back, we did a series called I Am. And this was the seven I am statements, and they all came out of the Gospel of John. And as we got into the Experiencing God series, we found that all of the texts that we wanted to to deal with were all in the Gospel of John. And I did know that I wanted to spend some more time with John in his letters and what we're what we're focusing on. So we're entitling this series "The Disciple Jesus Loves." And if you've ever done any reading yeah. uh, through John's biography of Jesus, you know his, his Gospel, the Gospel of John, you'll find him a few times calling himself the disciple Jesus loves. Now you might think, well, not arrogant. No, absolutely not. Because any one of those disciples could have claimed that title as well. I just love that. That's the way that John decided to to call himself that because if there's a a chapter of love, uh, you know, we, we talk about Paul's uh, first Corinthians chapter 13 as being, you know, uh, the, the love chapter. Oh, so, you know, John calls himself the disciple Jesus loved, and there is so much about God's love throughout his gospel as well as throughout his letters. And we're going to find that to be uh, very, very evident as we dive into this together. But I do find it fascinating that, uh, so if if you would, open up your Bibles to First John 1. Um, but, and, and, you know, the interesting thing is when John wrote this, we're not talking like he wrote this 5, 10, 15 years uh, after Jesus passes. I mean, he doesn't write this until John is like around the age of 80 mm. is when he writes this first book. You know, and, and a lot of times the reason this is even written, um, as I was going through some commentaries and looking at some stuff, this is really, if, if you're trying to figure out who Jesus is, this is a great place to start. Oh, it's interesting. Because oh, my goodness. Even John says at the end of his gospel, um, he said that, you know, these things were written that you might know that Jesus is the son of God and that by believing in him, you might have uh, life in his name. And it's like if all you had was the gospel of John, the gospel of John is all you needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah, he and he's it's interesting because uh, people through the ages have called him the evangelist because he talks so much about trusting Jesus, believing in Jesus and and that you'll have life in his name. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because John begins his letter in the same way that God through Moses st- 
started the whole thing in the the beginning. beginning. And in fact, John's gospel reads much in the same way, talking about in the beginning. Yeah, he says, uh, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, Mm -hmm. whom we have heard and seen. And this is the amazing part about John. John walked with Jesus. He saw Jesus. More importantly, he saw God Mm -hmm. because he understood and think about John. I, I, here's the interesting thing. Everybody thinks that these uh, these these apostles were like some thirty or forty years old when they were with Jesus. Jesus was the only one that was thirty. Mm-hmm. John, through some studies, there's some. I mean, we don't have birth uh, certificates and everything else, but everything that I have seen and researched, John's between the age of like thirteen and sixteen when he joins Jesus in his ministry. 13 to 16-year-old that's joining Jesus and is going to walk with him for the next three years as he goes through this and then lives this life. Oh, yeah. And and John is more than likely the the one who ended up living the longest because he was into yep. his 90s. I, I forget even what age he was when you know, he's exiled to the island of Patmos, and uh, God gives him the revelation of of what's going to happen in the future, and not not only giving you know these letters to churches all throughout Asia Minor, but that you know John was given such a such an amazing, uh, sometimes scary revelation of what the end times are going to be all about. Yeah, and when this is, when this is written, it's he's not on Pat, Patmos. No, I mean this is still in um, Ephesus. Ephesus, I'm yeah. sorry, Ephesus. And when this letter that he writes, it's not even uh, it, it's untitled. It's written in no particular church, like we see a lot of uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Paul's writer, writings as to certain churches, you know, in Corinth and so on. But this is just a letter that is sent to. Let's just say that he sends out a mass email to all these pastor friends that he has throughout. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. It's it's a pastoral letter to several Gentile congregations mm-hmm. is the way it kind of writes it out. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that he's just going to write this out. And one of the reasons why he's writing this out is because there's things that are being said. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, things about the Antichrist and, you know, things that are just not true anymore that people are starting to talk about. And the fascinating thing is, here's a man that walked learn, ate with, mm-hmm. that was God mm-hmm. in the flesh. Yeah, among the many reasons. And John, if you when you read this, you're going to find him saying, I write this so that, we write this so that, you know, he'll give you the reasons why he's writing. Um, but definitely one of the reasons why he was writing is because there was this false teaching that Jesus never appeared in the flesh, yeah. that it was just, you know, some kind of spiritual revelation, which is why John says over and over again, we heard him, we saw him with our eyes, we touched him with our hands. What we are communicating to you regarding Jesus, the word of life, and and you can go read John's gospel, John chapter one, and, and see how he unpacks what it means that Jesus is the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, but that that what he is communicating, what he's proclaiming about the word of life, that Jesus appeared. He didn't he, he didn't have his beginning when he was born, because John is is already telling us that he pre-existed history, that he is with God in the beginning, 
that he has always been. He has always existed. You know, when we talk about Jesus being the I am, he has always existed. There is no beginning with Jesus. That what John was experiencing in him was that Jesus then appears, which is the, the meaning behind Advent. You know, when we celebrate Advent, it's the appearing of Jesus in our history on our earth and in the flesh. And so, you know, what John, what what the other disciples were proclaiming and communicating and teaching and testifying, he's using uh, court language that, you know, this is not hearsay. This is not John saying that I heard that this happened. This is John saying, I heard Jesus for myself. I saw Jesus for myself. I touched him with my own hands. I mean, this was a very physical person in our world teaching and doing miracles. And I experienced this. And one of the things that we brought out in our Aftermath series is that the reason why we are here today isn't because something was written. It's because something happened. happened. Now, something was written because something happened. And what happened was the the, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And that these followers of Jesus did not die for what they believed because a lot of people will die for what they believe, but they died for what they said. They saw, they heard, they touched. And this is what they're proclaiming about the truth about Jesus Christ. And not only did they, they heard, they walked with, they touched before the, 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 the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. They walked, they ate with, they touched after mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know and that's the thing it, it's not like it, we're hearing this over oh, you know I, I love Paul Paul lo- love Paul the story of Saul turning into Paul Paul didn't walk with Jesus mm-hmm. while he was here on earth he had his moment he had his experience mm-hmm. but here we have John who did yeah and and he just wants you to know that it's real mm-hmm it's not just real then, it's real today. And so when he talks about what he saw with his own eyes, with his own hands, he saw and lived with the word. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's what he's trying to, to get at. Then, and a lot of writers back then, this is how you can trust them. This is how, this is my background. Here's how, this is why you can trust what I'm going to say. These are the things that I did. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of goes through all of that with us. But uh, here, here in the first chapter uh, of 1 John, he talks about God being the light. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the light we have experiences life. Mm-hmm. There is no life beyond this world without Jesus in your heart. Yeah, it's, it's over. This is it. And he's trying to tell us here through the Father through the son and through the spirit we have eternal life yeah you know and, and that is something that i don't know johnny this past this past year has been really kind of interesting for me and my personal life um you know throughout the whole covid thing i knew a lot of people had passed away yeah but i really didn't have to experience it there was nobody that i really knew that had been promoted to glory as you like to say mm-hmm. because of that now here we go to 2022 and there has been six, six or seven friends that I've known that I actually knew that have passed mm. in a month, and and we're in one month alone. There was four. Wow, 
And it was just really kind of weird. And I couldn't really wrap my head around a lot of it because it seems like this is kind of an odd time of the year for people to the past like that. I don't know why, but it just, to me, it just seemed like mm. an odd time. But all of these people that have gone, uh, that have been promoted, all had a relationship with God. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that because it allows me now to more um, look at this as they're not dead. <laughs> they're going to be alive. Mm. They, they are in the kingdom. They have, they've walked to the light. They're there. They are living with the light. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. Yeah. You know, um, it really has encouraged me even more. Um, and it, it kind of gets rid of my anxieties mm. of a lot of times. A lot of people worry about death and a yeah. lot of people worry. But the more I've been into the word, more I see these things and I understand the teachings and understand my purposes for the kingdom. It actually allows me to breathe easier mm-hmm. um, and, and allows me to share my faith. Uh, it's okay to grieve. I get that. And I still grieve, but I can see the joy, you know, down, you know, the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, and that's really where John's even going with this is that there is eternal life and yeah. that is through Jesus. Yeah. And I, I, it, it's so important that you brought that up because, you know, John, uh, maybe uh, more than any writer talks about eternal kind of living. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, talks about eternal life is not something that you get when you die. It's something that you can have as you're living. And so even John himself will see this later in his letter. But he talks about the fact that, you know, when you have the son, you have life. That word have means to own it. (laughs) You've got it. You've got it in your possession. So you've got that life now. You have eternal life now if you're in Jesus. And so, you know, he's going to talk about that. But one of the one of the key words that he uses in this first chapter is fellowship. You know, it's it at my last count, I think it's about four times. But fellowship, I think too many times we think of fellowship as, oh, let's get together and eat. Or, you know, maybe sometimes our churches will have fellowship halls, you know, because that's where we like to fellowship. Mm -hmm. Well, it it is that and you can experience some some togetherness as you're, you know, sitting together and eating together and sharing together and that kind of thing. But the word fellowship literally means partnership. You know, it's it's working in partnership with people uh, for a common purpose. And you can have this partnership together in this relationship. And this relationship is eternal kind of living. It's for eternity when you pass, when you're promoted to glory, but it's a, it's a kind of fellowship that you can have right now. And John talks about that, that fellowship and that connection that we can have. We can have that kind of fellowship with, with our Father in heaven, with Jesus, but we can also have that fellowship, that koinonia, that, that, um, kind of special connection with one another as well. And it's so, you know, he'll talk about living in that fellowship. And and so I, I love how he kind of, you know, kind of uh, gives a summary of what his message is going to be all about. He says in verse five, yeah. this is the message we have heard from Jesus and declare to you. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Amen. End of story. End of story. Uh, sing just as I am. Uh, give the give the benediction services over yeah. but you know that's the that's the simple message that John is giving in this that God is light in him there is no darkness at all and then he's going to go and you you can count all the ifs there are uh five if statements in here if we claim to have fellowship 
with him, if we walk in the light, uh, if we claim to be without sin, if we confess our sins, if we claim we have not sinned. And so he's given, he's kind of using this, this whole big idea about God being light and that there is no darkness in him at all. And then he gives these five if then statements. You know, you can you can claim, you can make the claim that you have fellowship with him, that you have a relationship with him, that you can claim that you're a Christian, you can claim that you're a Jesus follower. But if you claim that and can and walk in darkness, now walking is a continuous living in the dark. Yes. Because you know, you're gonna think, okay, well, wait a minute, I I know that there are times where I walk in the darkness. Does that mean that I don't have fellowship with him? I don't have a relationship with him. We'll get to there in a second. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that comes up. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I'm glad he brings up another if-then statement. Because uh, the, you know, so he's got this, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, he's already claimed that God is light in him and there's no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. Now that doesn't mean you can continue to, and this is where the continuing to walk in right. the darkness comes into play. Just because you confess your sin does not mean you get to go back and sin again. It's possible that you I have mean, stepped into sin, but yes. what he is talking about is the continuous walking and living in it. Yes, yes, and that is that. I, and I think sometimes we people get confused with that because it's like, well, God forgives me. I mean, He forgives all sin. He does, but he also tells people, you know, if you want to follow me, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. So stop doing what you've been doing as a sinner. You're going to backslide. Things are going to happen. You're going to step into it. I mean, things happen. Life is not easy. Mm -hmm. There was only one perfect person here, and that's who the light is. We're going to make mistakes, but that's when we go back to God and we confess our sin. And because of the blood of Christ, we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And the next part where the next if is when we say, well, I don't sin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Guess what? If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and we're still not telling the truth. Yeah. We're still not living in the truth. We're still, you know, I, I mean, come on folks. How can we, uh, how can we, how can anybody ever say, Oh, I don't sin. I'd probably take a breath and I'm sinning. Yeah, and I, I think you know, that maybe the problem or the issue that we have isn't so much that we would say we never sin. It's just that we we tend to compare ourselves with others. Oh, my goodness. We think that we're right with God because we're not as bad as that person. Yeah. Or we think that somebody is going to hell because, you know, they're worse than we are. And so it's always we always play this comparison game when it's it's not about that. It's um, are you living in Jesus? And are you, you know, when you sin, do you confess your sin to him? And so it, it, it's kind of like catching yourself. Uh, you know, what he's talking about here is that you're not continuously walking and journeying and and uh, uh, taking up residence in the darkness. That's not where you live. Yeah. And you remind yourself, no, this is not where I want to live my life. I do not want to live in the dark. I'm going to live in the light. Father, please forgive me for what I just thought about this person. Yep. I know I'm having a really challenging time, you know, living, um, living out how you want me to love them. But I just... Pray that you'll forgive me and help me to to walk in your light as you're in the light. So you're just catching yourself and where you're at. You know, where are you taking those steps? 
I think fellowship comes into play here again because we can we can live the life that we want to live and trying to live and make it as clean as we possibly can uh, and and have that godly life. But then if we're having fellowship with people that are not, mm-hmm. that's not living in the light. I mean, we're still, uh, you know, and I, and I know I've heard people say, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Okay, Jesus, that's, that's a half truth. Jesus did live, hang out with, with sinners to tell them to stop sinning and to continue on. To follow me, you have a choice. You can follow me. And this is what we talked about in, the, in Experiencing God. Uh, it's the crisis in your life. Are you willing to make that? You have a choice. You want to follow me or do you want to continue on? It really comes down to you know? the influence. So are they yeah. influencing you or are you influencing them? Um, so, so just be very careful with that whole idea of, you know, well, it's okay because I go to church and I, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus and I'm not in the right place. I've worn that mask. I know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I, that hurt my relationship more than anything else because I, I did not have that relationship. And so the fellowship with others uh, comes into play with, in a lot of ways, and a lot of uh, it's not just a fellowship with God, but it's it's who do you hang around with? Mm. Who are you working out with? Who are the people? I love that you just said. It. Are you influencing them, or are they influencing you? Mm-hmm. You know, in one ways that we can get into this, and I love when John talks about you know, and Jesus says this. It was written. You know, it has been written. Mm-hmm. Did you read? <laughs> Hello, it was, you know, long ago, you know, when we talk about that, you know, from the beginning. Well, if you're not in his word, you don't know these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the fact that when we are down, there's going to be times in our life when we're down. That's why this word is here. We can get back into the word and we can start refueling that Holy Spirit, that whole uh, conversation with God is by being in his word. And I, it's one of the reasons why I love this first John, this letter, because it is, it's, it breaks it down to tells you who Jesus is, who God is. And here we go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who we are in light of who he is. So I want you to see some parallels in this, that, that, uh, you know, he says in verse eight, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. He says in verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. You see, uh, when we confess, which is essentially saying, God, you're right, I'm wrong. You're just you're just confessing to him that you, know, you, you took a wrong step and the way that God wants us to walk is the right way. The way that sometimes we want to walk is the wrong way. So you confess that. But when we're claiming to be without sin, if we call something being right that's actually wrong, um, we're deceiving ourselves. And so the truth is not in us. The word is not in us. And what Jesus wants, he wants the truth to be in us and he wants the word to be in us so that when we have that temptation to step away from a trespass, that's why we, uh, you know, when you're in a church and you're trying to figure out how in the world you're going to say the Lord's Prayer, sometimes it's forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our debts, forgive us of our trespasses. That word trespass, I love, you know, is the one that I grew up with, but, you know, you're, you're stepping out of line. 
you're, you're stumping on property that you don't need to be on. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're asking him to forgive you for the ways in which you've stepped out of line, but that when you do that, then, you know, his word then is in you. His truth is also in you. When you say, God, you're right. And I'm wrong. You're in the light. I want to continue to live in the light. I don't want to be continuously walking in the darkness. And so I pray that you'll help me to do just that. Um, there have been many TV shows that I've binged, watched over the years. And, uh, you know, some just aren't all that pure. Uh, recently, we're, we've been starting to binge The Chosen uh, again. And uh, my girls have said that I can't watch one of those episodes without crying just because of the way that uh, they've just done a, an amazing job of portraying Jesus with his disciples. And when you think about what you're living in and what you're stepping into and what you're allowing to influence your life, you know, could be the, the music that we listen to. And I know the, the guys on our tech team will joke as they're looking at my Spotify, Johnny, do you want me to use the headbanger list or do you want me to use the worship (laughs) circle list? You know? And so I do, I have to watch what influences my life and and where I'm stepping into. Yeah. And I think we all do. If we're going to live in the light as God is in the light, and if we truly do want to have that special connection, that that koinonia, that fellowship uh, with Jesus and with other Jesus followers, then we we really need to watch very carefully where we step. We talk about the forgiveness of sins, and uh, one thing I really want to stress on this: when God forgives us our sins, um, God is being just. God is being just. When we sin, He doesn't just say, "Hey." Forget about it. It's no big deal. I'll just overlook it again and again. God doesn't overlook anything. But the thing that I really want us right here in this room, I want our listeners at Hope, I want everybody around the world that's listening to this, he forgives us because his son mm. was punished on our behalf. Yeah, He's the one that put his own son through the beatings and everything else, through the crucifixion, the penalty, and that's been paid for for our sins. But I want everybody to think about when you do sin, how much that cost God to forgive you for your sin. Yeah, And, and don't take did. that lightly. Right, don't take it for granted. You know, and, and I think too many times that's what we do. It's like, oh, God will forgive me. Oh, God, you know, God's forgiven my sin before I even thought about sinning. What did it cost? That, my friends, is something that we don't talk deeply enough. We kind of just scratch the surface and we don't really want people to, you know, hey, don't think of it that way. Think, you know, God loves you and he, yes, he does love you. He loved you so much that look what he did to his own son Yeah, is how much he loves you. Even if you were just to look at that line simply, the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. I know he's connecting it to one of those if statements, but just let that, um, just think on that for a while. Just the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. It's what Jesus went through. He laid his life down for us and that we're forgiven. Our sins are forgiven and we are purified from all unrighteousness because this is the way that God dealt with our sins. Pretty Uh, awesome. It is. It is, and and I don't mean to to end this episode on a on a very somber note, but you know I think sometimes we need reality. 
we don't need half truths that makes us always feel all that great. Um, you know, it, it's not a cotton candy world. Yeah. And being a follower of Christ, there was a sacrifice, a huge sacrifice for us to be able to do what we do today. And and we'll get more into uh, what John has to say throughout the rest of, uh, you know, here in First John, and we're going to continue this series through Second and Third John. But just to, I encourage our listeners, you know, Johnny always gives homework, you hmm. know, and I want to encourage our listeners to read, just read First John, just read the whole book. It's not very long. And, and for those that have never really read a, a book of the Bible, you know what, start here with First John. Mm-hmm. It's only five chapters. Yeah. Hey, you read a book, right? A book of the Bible. I love when you say you that. You read Second John. You know, it's yeah. one chapter. It's only one chapter. Go, I, you know? I read two books of the Bible. And, and what's really interesting is we've we've sat here and talked for almost thirty minutes about the first chapter of First John, and it's only ten verses. <laughs> that's right. You know, but that's how important this is, folks. Uh, we can make a lot of light of a lot of things, and but to understand the sacrifice that God made to forgive us our sins. To understand that he is the living light today. He is alive today because we still talk about him today. Jesus was real. Yeah. We don't talk about made up things no. on a daily basis. Jesus was real. John walked, ate, touched, prayed with, cried with, yeah. watched him be crucified, and then walked with, ate with, touched, cried again after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. This is a real person that we're talking about. This is who John is writing about. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I'll end with this, and it's something that John says in verse 4. He says, we're writing this to make our joy complete. And some translations say your joy. Uh, the one that I'm reading right now is our joy, but our also includes your. Yep. And just the fact that that John knows that what actually brings us joy is living in the light of God's love of walking in that light of having that fellowship, that special connection with him and with other people. And that's, that's what really brings John joy. And that brings us joy to know that, you know, we're not just two guys sitting in a basement talking about this because we love hanging out together and we love the word, but that maybe there's something that we're saying uh, that is also bringing you joy. It's bringing you closer to God and it's allowing you uh, to, uh, just continue to take steps of living out your faith in the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, hopeanchors154 at gmail.com, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can like us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Hope Anchors. Uh, our church, Hope Covenant Church, is located on the corner of Spring Mill and 86th Street. In Indianapolis. Uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Our services are at 1030 on Sunday mornings. If you're in the area, driving by, flying through, whatever, we'd love mm-hmm. to see you, join you. Um, Johnny loves to drink uh, coffee almost as much as I do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, honestly, folks, we'd love to hear from you. If there's any questions that you have, email us. Um, it, it's wonderful to hear from our listeners. Uh, and, and Johnny, a, a new series I'd like to give a, a shout out to uh, all of our listeners. And just to let everybody know, we have finally reached every continent in the united in the world somehow some way somebody in in australia is now listening and it's amazing what god is doing Uh, i'm not surprised 
the more I've got to experience God, right. it used to surprise thing, so. me. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised anymore because it's just like I have no idea how it happens, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, everybody, thanks for listening to Hope Anchors. We really do appreciate it. Those of you that share it with your friends and family, you know, because we, we always talk about this. Paul wrote in Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And that's really our purpose. That's the reason Sean and I do this is to give you something to anchor your hope to. So don't give up. Keep looking up and keep hope alive. Amen, brother. <laughs>